It's time again for the Scotty Johnny Podcast with your host, Scotty Johnny himself, John Barnett, and the ego himself, Cheddar Talk, Aaron Flottam, talking Wisconsin sports, NFL through D3, college hockey, doesn't matter, two mics, two crusty vets, two opinions, one based in reality, and one based in, what do you bet on Twitter, with music by Delete Great Cars and Trucks. Here's John and Aaron. Welcome, welcome, one and all. Welcome into the Scotty Johnny Podcast. I am your not-so-humble host, Jonathan Barnett, and with me, as per usual, we have Aaron Cheddar Talk Flottom. Hey, John, what's going on, man? It's uh, uh, season over. Yep, for the um, Packers. Again, and, and actually, I got some feedback on the show last week. We, we've got some, uh, I think we got a little bit more, a couple more listeners than I thought, but uh, <laughs> uh, it was actually, I think a lot of Packer fans were actually a little refreshed that we did an hour with Pete on the Bucks and just kind of didn't even mention the Packers. <laughs> so, well, yeah, we, we talked about the game and we like to do this. We want to give ourselves the time, but also uh, we, we gave ourselves the time also to make sure that we have uh, another one of our, our favorite experts in Packers talking, coming in here to, to let us a hand. So we do have friend of the show, Jim Widener with us uh, from Hi, Last Jim. Word on Sports. Hi, guys. I, I, it's been so long. I thought I was on the banned list. I thought maybe I used some profanity <laughs> the last show I was on, and I was told to hit the bricks. But uh, well, well, you oh, did, no. but we got over it. So, <laughs> Well, that's good. My, I, I tried to clean up my potty mouth, so we're, we're good. <laughs> that's awesome. All right. Well, I know that first off, we'll tell you that you can find this show at Scotty Johnny Pod on basically anywhere and mastodon on uh blue sky and x and you can find me at not so humble host on x and at je barnett on blue sky and also on mastodon at scotty johnny uh aaron where do they find you uh you can always find me at shutter talk john at shutter talk we are coming into an election cycle so good time to get on the get on the flotum bandwagon (laughs) you get in on the trolling it's great. It's great. And uh, I'm also on Blue Sky, too, but uh, that's Apple Bottom Flottom. Don't worry about it, though. I don't use it that much. So. All right. Well, and you can always reach out to me. I do get notifications. That's true. Uh, Jim, I know you're on Twitter. I follow you. Uh, I guess I don't I, know if you're on Blue Sky yet, but where did I find you? I am still on Twitter, and something just fell on outside my window office, so that's mm-hmm. nice. Um, Hope it's not a body. Window. <laughs> no, let's hope so. I'll All let right. my wife deal with that. I am at... Uh, Jim Widener 51 at uh, on Twitter, and then I'm uh, at Jim Widener 51 on Threads. Ooh, throw that Ooh. for you. Well, if you'd like, well, I can send you the uh, the Blue Sky invite too. After this, I have several now lined up. So I have like right. 20 of them. They want me to come back and join. <laughs> Just keep giving me invites. And it's like okay, I, the amount of invitations i get on twitter now from porn sites is just incredible <laughs> so I, I, I went to threads where i actually uh, getting there's there's getting more people on so i'm, I'm pretty happy about all that right. so all right well with that what we're going to do is run right into uh our requiem for a packer season and we'll start all of that off in the segment we like to call our main event starting things off with the main event And like I just said, the main event is going to be going over the end of this Packer season. Um, let's just do. Let's oh, go. We'll on. go around. It, yeah, go it's ahead. Over? First. Yeah. Oh, it's over. That's yeah, over, Jim. Sorry. Yeah, oh. everything's that's over because now all we've got is this unwatchable Super Bowl. So. Well, I lived uh. in Minnesota for a while, so I can uh, I can feel for Jim. You never see a Packer game when you're in Minnesota. It's impossible to see a Packer game in Minnesota. Uh, that was. Unless- 
unless you get the ticket. Which I, I had when I lived in Minnesota. That was the only way I agreed to go with my wife to Minnesota. Um, wow. That was nice. our deal. <laughs> that was our deal. We're like, yeah, I'm we can move. I'm too cheap. But, but yeah, no. Um, I, I just want to go around generally and just get, you know, just our our overall feeling uh, on the season and, and where we are with that. So, uh, Jim, you're our guest. Why don't you you go oh. off first? I, I I tell you what, it's it was the first time in probably two years or two seasons that I finally, towards the end, started yelling at the TV and got excited. And, and uh, <laughs> hey, we got a quarterback. Uh, the sure. Packers got a quarterback, yeah. and I think that's something you can build off of. And I know we'll talk about it. And we're going to get a, the Packers are going to get a new defense coordinator. So yeah, that's the true. excitement. I I think that the fact that Love proved that he's not only capable of playing at this level, but actually thriving at it uh, is excited Packer fans. I think it's, yeah, it was a tough way to, to lose a game, a game that they were dominating for at least three quarters. And, <laughs> you know, I, it's a hard one to swallow. And, you know, he made a bad throw at the end and that's a tough one. And of course the kicker shanked it. And, but I think there's a lot of positives and, you know, I was critical at one point on my work at uh, last word on, the NFL or last word on sports uh, with uh, the development of the wide receivers earlier in the season, but I was dead wrong. I think they've got a good group of wide receivers and they accomplished a lot without their most explosive receiver with Watson for most of the season. Mm -hmm. So to me, it was, you know, it, it was a bummer to how it end, ended, but it gives us a lot of hope as Packer fans. And I think there's a, a lot of good things coming. All right. Aaron, how about your your uh, your overall feeling on this season at this point? So, uh, and I think we all know is because I'm I'm a weekly guy here. <laughs> um, <laughs> no way. Um, yeah, no. The, the the mid the the doldrums of the midseason got a little weird there, and you started to lose hope, and you were you were wondering, you know, Christian Watson, is he is he ever going to be available? Uh, well, Love, is he ever going to? It, it, was it just? what's he doing here you know the one thing he's always was was through everything was calm and composed until the last offensive play of the year but anyways i digress um it's a great so, point he was so, he he was poised yeah, uh, not to interrupt you aaron but that i think that's a great point on yeah. what packer fans should be happy about out of their young quarterback 100 percent. even when he was struggling mid-season like he was still poised he never looked shaken or rattled which that's sure. that's a big deal um like you said, you mentioned the development of the wide receivers and uh, also the picking up of a, a massive uh, find with Bo Melton at the end. So right. as John has said, he's actually maybe he might be more explosive than Watson. Um, the development uh, Van S came along nicely. Wyatt and Walker actually after a, a substandard rookie year looked good. Um, you know, um, TJ Slayton, I thought, played really well too in the middle. Great, yes. Picked it, picked it up, wouldn't looked great. Um, our big guy in the middle just made the Pro Bowl. Help me. I'm Kenny. Kenny Clark. Kenny Clark, thank you. Kenny Clark, I was, I was do, 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 do. Kenny Clark. Yeah, Kenny Clark uh, looked great. I mean, they really did. And they actually looked good in spite of some bad defensive play calling by the guy who will not be named, who is now fired. Um, <laughs> offensive line, uh, Wallace, Tom, both looked good. You know, like, Bakhtiari isn't even a factor anymore. Like he gone. Like because the, wow. are either of them as good as Bakhtiari? No. no. Bakhtiari in his prime was all pro. 
you know, mm-hmm. these guys will sniff a couple Pro Bowls. Maybe they'll get to that level. We don't know. You know, that's the future. Uh, the tight ends drafted at Musgrave, you know, despite missing a lot of time with that lacerated spleen, right? Spleen? Yes, I believe spleen. so. And then um, Tucker Craft. Hey, did you see the picture of Tucker Craft sitting on a tailgate out in South Dakota smoking yes. a cigarette and drinking a bush light? Yes. Love it. Anyway, so Tucker Pulling, Kraft, pulling Tuck- a nail. You got to like that. Yeah, yeah just, just, just <laughs> banging lung darts. Um, but, uh, but, I mean, Tucker Craft, what, I mean, we all kind of knew, like, Musgrave he had the pedigree. Kraft was kind of going to kind of be the one like that was going to come and be the the blocking tight end. What a revelation that kid was. He has been everything we thought Tunyon was going to be. Right. And then even with those guys coming in, DeGuara actually had kind of a comeback season that like quietly in the background as a blocking tight end. Um, You know, and, and this team pulled it off down the run. And the one thing that we saw with Detroit, San Francisco is the luckiest team in the playoffs in history. Uh, the Packers, the lights weren't too bright for the Packers for the first seven quarters of the playoffs. Dallas was just a boat race. Yeah. They couldn't, Dallas had no answers for them. I mean, it got a little sketchy in the fourth when they gave up two touchdowns in like 20 seconds. But for the most part, like the Packers dominated that. They went to Dallas and absolutely took them out. Then they went out to San Francisco and for three quarters, took it to the 49ers and then just fell apart. And it wasn't, it was one quarter of bad football. They played seven good quarters of NFL or NFL playoff football and got all that, all, all that experience. I mean, and to speak to the 49ers being lucky, like they played, they played six bad quarters of, of playoff football and two good fourth quarters against young teams that, got lost in the lights for a second well, they, they murdered the lines in the third quarter more than anything but yeah, yeah. still that's good yeah, yeah i mean i guess it, it did yeah. start you're, you're right well, it started after halftime sorry so they played f- five bad quarters and two good quarters oh. but like it, it was just i mean I, the packers are, are like one bad play away from being in the super bowl right now because sure. you can't tell me they wouldn't have went into detroit and just smoked the lions no so i mean that's I where they're at I you think know. that I, to add, I mean, you discussed the offensive line and the tackles. If, if I remember, because I did an article for last word, they held teams with Micah Parsons um, um, and uh, Nick Chase, Bosa. And Chase Young, too, with the, the Niners, yeah, too. Chase Young, Randy Gregory, and then uh, Lawrence for, for the Cowboys. They mm-hmm. held them to no sacks. Mm-hmm. Correct. That's, that's remarkable. I did see for, that one, yeah. Jelling yeah, at the for, right time, yeah. Yeah, it just it was it was remarkable, and I think that's the big thing. They they've surrounded love, the young wide receivers with talent and an offensive line. If if Rashid, I want to say Walker, not Wallace. Yeah, yeah. Can keep well, playing. Saying Wallace, I'm sorry. No, I no, 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 no. I wasn't cutting on you. I I don't know how many articles I've had to write and then redo because I put Rashid Wallace. Apparently, he was great in the paint. Uh, yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. Don't, but, worry, uh, don't worry. It's it's a, it's a Jared Allen, Josh Allen thing for me too. Yeah, like yeah. Jared, Jared Allen, uh, the quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. No, Aaron. That was the Minnesota Vikings <laughs> slash Chiefs defensive end. Yeah. Oh, it's very huge incredible. arm. Huge arm. But I I thought their offensive line played phenomenal in not just in in pass protection, but I mean, for God's sakes, Jones rushed for what from from the last game of the season. He had like. 
last two games. I think he had Maybe. four straight games of 100 yards rushing, which in, is in, incredible. In, in the last five games, Jones rushed from Washington, D.C. to approximately Aurora, Colorado, I think. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, <laughs> it, was, it, was it was a lot, it was a lot of mileage. I know that. So, it was... but, but I mean, and again, yet, so here we are. I mean, it's, it's almost, what is it with Wisconsin teams between the Badgers and the Packers? Um, again, the Packers, this building, I, I mean, I know it's ingrained in the fabric of the, the franchise, but like, you know, for a little bit there, like there was a little bit of chaos here, like in the last couple of years, like, oh, what's going on with the line? Oh, what's going on with the line? After years and years and years of, you know, uh, draft develop, draft develop, draft develop. I mean, Bakhtiar was a fourth round draft pick out of Colorado on a winless team. I mean, like they pulled that, you know, mm-hmm. Bakhtiar was a nobody and became one of the best ever. And what it came down to really was a lot of injuries. Um, Corey Lindsley getting too good, <laughs> too fast, yeah. and leaving. You know that that was unexpected. You know, so um, well the uh, fact that they got Zach Tom, who's arguably their best offensive lineman, in the fourth yeah. round too. You know, I mean, not I think not, he was in the fourth. Not to speak of the yeah, dead, but Rogers was speaking highly of Tom last year mm-hmm. already. Wow. Like he had some choice words about him talking about how good he was and he was the future of the the line so i mean but here we go again the packers quietly build one of the best offensive lines in the league yet again out of third and fourth round fifth round draft picks okay yeah i like this i mean like i think that the overall feeling is positive and also hopeful and we all felt very good about it like this is you know if you've listened to us every week you know aaron and i got to that point of like i don't even know what the season is I don't care if they win. I just want to see them look better every week. But they also looked better every week. But they also started winning. And they started finding themselves in that confidence. And I think a lot of that is, like you said, Love never wavered in his confidence and his ability. He's got a little bit of swag to him, which is a little funny. Mm-hmm. Um, like The number of times like he gets smoked going out of bounds, he just gets up, like drops the ball, and he just walks away. And then people start trying to fight him. And they're like, I don't even know if he said anything, but... They don't like that he hopped up so fast. Him, him, yeah. Dobbs, him, Dobbs, and Musgrave, man, they all got that Barry, they all got that Barry Sanders swagger where they don't celebrate. Dobbs runs off the field as fast as he can. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be fun. So, the next thing that that I wanted to get into here is like for this year, your single best memory, and it can be a play or it can be a game or whatever, or you know somebody coming back or whatever it is. Um, single best memory, Aaron, we'll start with you this time. Oh boy. On the spot here. Uh, I mean, single favorite memory was, I mean, just right off the top of my head, not play, uh, was beating Chicago in game one after all the pomp and circumstance of bears fans during the off season, which they already started up again. Now they have, we're not even to the super bowl and they're on full force. Um, (laughs) but all the, all the crap that came out of, of the Chicago, the greater Chicagoland area about how Rogers was gone. The Packers were going to go into 30 years of pestilence and pain, that of the book of Job. And it was going to be terrible. And fields was going to rise from the ashes and become a Phoenix above Chicago and lead the bears to the playoffs. And he was going to be some miracle worker. And, we ended up with Bakhtiari laying down on the sidelines, waving at the fans, flicking them off. While I mean, that was the only game he ended up playing this year, right? Was the Bears? 
Yeah, I think it was uh, actually. Did he have one more? He might have. Because he, he didn't play on turf, but he played on grass. I thought he had he, one home I, game. I don't know. I think I think was, he disappeared after that because he played he, that. He played that one game, and I just the picture of him lining up and flicking off the crowd, and just just stuffing it to the to the Bears. I mean. After that, it was rough for like seven, eight weeks, and then they pulled it together at the end. And as far as just favorite play of the year, I mean, there was way too many Aaron Jones plays. There was way too many awesome. I think that Musgrave pass against the the, the Cowboys in that first game, when he was so wide open that that Love <laughs> could fall off his back foot and rainbow that thing thirty feet in the air, and then catch it. And then rumble to the end zone. Was, and then during the post game, uh, Lafleur saying Musgrave stayed on his feet. You know he was, that was that was literally uh, and statistically the most wide open receiver ever thrown to in the league this year. Yeah, I, I mean you, you couldn't have been. I mean seventeen point one yards had to stop and come back to the ball and had time to do it and still make it into the end zone. Uh, <laughs> that that play that was like. I mean, Larry Larry hadn't thrown the dagger yet at that point, but that was like I, he could have probably before that. But I mean, that was the biggest dagger ever. Like after that happened, the way that the the the, the comic nature of that play, even though it was <laughs> so good, it was so good. He was so wide open. It was so comic. And at that point, when they were already beating him that bad, you could just hear the souls of Cowboys fans leaving their body. <laughs> <laughs> and getting and getting out the gates before they could even get out of their seats. It was brilliant. So, okay, Jim, what do you think? How was, how was that for an answer, John? That was great. I'm I'm down. Yeah. Aaron, you nailed it. I can't. I don't know if I can follow it. You know, one play. I can't really think of one play. I have moments that that stood out for me was when Aaron Jones came back towards the end of the year. Right. I think just his presence and. LaFleur actually finally saying, okay, this is stupid. I've got to get him the ball more and just, and just run him as far as I can. And I think that was, you know, he had multiple big runs down the stretch. And I think that to me was the big thing. Like, okay, this team can run the ball and take pressure off their quarterback. I think they're just, you know, like I said, there's not one play that really stands out. It's just, you know, and that I think says a lot about who they are because it wasn't like one player in one play that dominated and, you know, made Mm -hmm. them successful like they were. I think it just, their team started to gel at the end of the year. And, and, you know, I think that was a big deal. So to me, it was, it wasn't, for me, it wasn't one moment. It was actually just a, a team effort into getting where they, as far as they got for a team who, I mean, that stretch of, and we'll get into bad plays, but again, it, it won't be plays, but it'll be moments. But there was a stretch where, I mean, losing to Tommy DeVito or whatever his name is in in, in New York. Tommy was, Cutlets. Yeah, Cutlets, jeez. You know? Yeah, I could remember him. But that would be mine. I mean, I don't know about you, John, what you got. My, I guess, the biggest moment for me, I, I was going between the Chiefs and the Lions, and I think it's the Lions game because it was a road game against the Lions who had, and I was at that first game at Lambeau where they just came in and they definitely, you could tell every bit of that. They were the energized team that wanted everything and they were on the rise and they were on the hunt and they were going to come. And then the next game, the Packers are like, yeah, we're here with you. It was, I mean, that was an incredible statement for the Packers to say, you don't scare us. We don't care. We're here to win. 
and they just took it to the Lions. Um, and that one, I think, was probably my favorite one. The Lions scored some late points to make it look closer, but Packers got up three touchdowns at half and then just run out the clock. They just controlled the ball after that. And to do that to a team and to just take it to them in a way like that, um, especially to a team that spends all their time talking about, you know, how tough they are, and you just went into their building and shut them all down. I was like, all right. And I really hope the Lions enjoyed their window because it is closing fast because the youngest team in football thumped them and then went out and beat the Cowboys and by a lot, uh, which on the road, both these road games. This is a team that's unafraid and younger than the Lions and with more draft capital next year too. So I was like, yeah, I hope you enjoyed your one-year window because I think it's done, quite honestly. Hey, John, I have, I have unless you're going to ask about favorite player of the year, in which case, if that's the next question, then I'll shut up. Uh, it's going to be two questions, basically. I had a non-quarterback okay. MVP. Uh, read your text, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry. Yeah, did I know. You actually, did you send that? I'm I did, yeah, to her, the group oh, beforehand. That's fine. Uh, the other thing I would say with the worst of your memories and just like whatever little moment of the year. And I'm going to start because mine is oh, the good. Atlanta game. Because unlike losing to the Giants where they just lost the whole way. And I was like, I don't even know what I'm watching. And that was bad. And I was down for that one because that was ridiculous. And the Raiders game was bad, too. I watched that in Mackinac Island, which helped you know, dull the pain. I watched it in a bar in Mackinac Island, which is, you know, lovely in October. Beautiful. And I love Mackinac Island. But the Atlanta game, after getting so hyped, seeing them beat the Bears, who I thought was were an improved team, and they were an improved team. They looked better this year than they had the last couple of years. But um, going to Atlanta, beating up Atlanta, and then watching them just take it all away in that last bit and losing by a single point was about as soul-crushing as this season got for me. And I'm, I'm not going to say the 49er. I didn't expect them to be win the 49er game. So the fact right. that they were up was not expected, so it didn't feel as bad. We should have beaten Atlanta. Atlanta was not good. And to lose by a single point on a massive comeback, because that game was done. And that one's, that's my worst moment of the year. And it was early in the year. <laughs> well, and it, it, I, I think it was just one of those where, not to pick on one person, but Joe Barry really stood out to me on – Oh, yeah. Late in that game. I mean, that was, it was like where, you know, Packers fans were just like, oh my God, here we go again with this defense. Just, you know. Yeah. Yep. What do you think, Aaron? Uh, it's, you know, you said, and you even even qualified it. Like, I, I would like to say the fourth quarter of the 49er game, but again, we have to, I have to stay with my original opinion that I didn't expect them to even be there. Um, I would have to say, I mean, Tommy Cutlets was pretty bad, but allowing Baker Mayfield to come uh, out and have a perfect you, passer you rating took mine. At, Lambeau, <laughs> at, at Lambeau Field, that was yeah, um, that's true. That that was that was pretty bad. I mean, it's a playoff the Buc- quarterback, the, the Buc- division the Buc- champion. The Buccaneers, the Buccaneers turned out to be a pretty good team, and I I, I really do think that um, Baker Mayfield might. I don't know. He might turn out to be a serviceable quarterback in this league. He might have a, um, uh, a Pennington kind of career. Yeah, the guy you, you know, get until your guy's ready. Chad Chad Pennington type career, except a yeah. better, except Good comparison, except a dumber arm and a or a dumber brain and a better arm. You know, yes. so him 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 and Minshew 
are kind of lining up to be about the same person. So Minshew's a little bit more frustrating. Um, So I'd say that one. Also, too, uh, that's 1A, 1B was watching the Vikings. I was live for this one. The Vikings beat the crap out of the Packers. Now, a lot of people forget about that game because that's a game that uh, Kirk Cousins blew his Achilles right at the end. But Mm -hmm. they were taking it to the Packers in that game. It was burn warning. Yeah, 24-10 final. Yeah, and it wasn't that close. It was it was a it was a beatdown. Letting the Vikings beat you at Lambeau is one of the worst. I mean, we got them back by beating them at U.S. Bank, but I mean, yeah, it's 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 hard. But yeah, the I think the Baker Mayfield perfect passer rating. I mean, yeah, that was pretty bad. Yeah. All right, Jim. You got different one, or you just want to keep that? Well, one? Well, I think the the you know since he took the Bucks one, Aaron. You, um, <laughs> I think going back to the the. Detroit game on Sunday night football was probably, I mean, just seeing them get so manhandled Thursday. I mean, it was a that, Thursday game. Oh, yeah. it was a Thursday game. Okay. Yeah. That it was so difficult to watch. And so, I mean, just the way they beat them, it looked like, you know, they were a finesse team and the big tough bully came in and kicked the crap out of them. But, you know, give mm-hmm. them credit. Like you said, they went back into Detroit and beat them on Thanksgiving, which was pretty remarkable. So yeah. to me, it's, that was the hardest thing is, is watching them in those, when they lost, it was just, ugh. The worst part about that Detroit game too, was how the gold package people sold all their tickets to the Detroit oh, yeah. football. And it was like 50, 50 blue and gold. Thursday and, game and, for, for gold package is a terrible idea. They already have to drive. Like right. those people are driving from distance to get there. And, and then, on, and then yeah. on top of it, at the end of the game, when they're doing the post game, there's 2,000 Detroit fans in Lambeau Field screaming. And They've been saving money for was, two that was, generations. That was, ba- that, that was a bad look. Like, um, I, it, there was a lot of questioning of Gutenkunst after that game. I remember that. So, yeah. you, you actually might have had the worst memory. You, I think you might actually beat me, Jim. I think it's just the Baker, the Baker perfect rating was pretty bad, but. Had watching two thousand Lions fans stand behind the post game show was maybe worse. Yeah, well, a lot of brand was, new jerseys well, in that crowd. I'll tell you, I was at that were. game. A lot of very brand new jerseys in that crowd. It wasn't wasn't that pretty fairly early in the season too? So I mean, it yes. really took the wind out of you know yeah. the sails of what we thought the Packers were going to be in. They ended Week up four. being that, but it was just oh, that was so difficult to watch, and it was like getting manhandled by it looked like oh this is going to be bad for quite a while you know and you know yeah. give Lafleur credit he stuck with his team i mean he mm-hmm. easily could have came out and said now oh, we got to do some change he stuck with it and good things happened yeah i know we got some other things we want to talk about more so just kind of quickly and give your reasons uh like i just told you, um non-quarterback so not love you know non-quarterback mvp for this team this year jim you go first this time great question uh i'm gonna go with uh an underdog i'm gonna go with zach tom i i Ooh. thought he Did played phenomenal as a right tackle and, and really you can make the argument that they might be better off putting him at left tackle eventually but uh, walker played adequate or decent down the stretch that gave you hope that he can stay at left tackle so i'm gonna go zach tom i mean i just think that the presence of He's going to be there for a long time and and do a really good job. I mean, he's Balaga but healthy, you know, <laughs> and that's that's a big thing. I think he's going to. Balaga was good, know, man. 
mm-hmm. you know, offense. Yeah. My I, my other one would have been wow. Preston Smith. I, I thought Ooh. he played really well this year. And, and his run defense is is very good and definitely helped. And he did very well in his stuff uh, on on uh, pass plays too, especially after Rashawn didn't get any sacks during like the last seven games of the year. Right. Yeah, he kept Van Ness pretty much, you know, for a first round pick. I mean, I, I get that Van Ness, Van Ness is still learning the position to play stand up outside linebacker, but you know. I thought Preston Smith played unbelievably well and, and well. was, you know, and that was my biggest beef with Gutekunst was, you know, his poor drafting early in his tenure as a GM and he didn't have many veterans on the squad. And the fact that Preston Smith was one of those veterans and played well, I thought was incredible. So mm-hmm. that's my one A and one B. Okay. You got any thoughts, Aaron? Uh, yeah, I do. So, I mean, you could run through a whole bunch of them. Um, you just mentioned Preston Smith. That was that was one of my wild cards. Like, he's getting – he's aging like a fine wine. Um, Tucker Craft showed up a lot, but, I mean, that was only after Musgrave. So, the parts of the season – Walker looked real good at left tackle. Like, I mean, for – what was he drafted, John? Fifth round? Uh, I think it was Sixth, later because like, he was injured. Thanks. Yeah, he was injured coming out of Penn State. He didn't play his rookie year. He started yeah. off rough. Well, you have to say that he started off rough. He got a lot better to the last several games. Right. He was actually pretty solid. You could say Valentine, Valentine. You know, <laughs> it, it, those those kids showed up at corner out of nowhere. Yeah. You know, yeah. seventh round picks. Um, Valentine was a free agent ad. Yeah, they're sorry, and um, you know, and there was lots. I, I mean, you could go lots of ways with this, but the one I'm going to go with that. I mean, you could say Aaron Jones too, except for Aaron Jones missed half the season. Right. I mean, he was really good down the stretch. The one person that I am very impressed with and has shut up a lot of people is Romeo Dobbs. That guy all season long, like when they were talking about Watson and they're talking about Wicks and you're talking about, you know, Bo Melton at the end, when you're talking about all these speedsters, all these young kids on the team, uh, Jalen Reed. I mean, how good was Jalen Reed for all that? I mean, Dobbs honestly was like the one person like everybody is like this guy is going to be on the cutting block that dude's open all the time he does do that he's not the fastest he's not the most athletic but he is open all the time and he is only going to get better funny how he played better when he got a quarterback who believed in him right exactly it's almost like love has the ability to when when a guy misses something he goes right back to him which is the the thing that that Rogers never did, and it's more so. of an ethereal question too. Love has the ability to heal, you know it does. <laughs> um, but anyways, um, they, but Dobbs I got. I mean, throughout the season, you know, Reed was. I mean, Reed disappeared like in the playoffs in the last couple of games, and I mean, in the San Francisco 49er game, he well in the Cowboy game he had zero catches, and mm-hmm. I think, and then in the 49er game, I think he only had rushes and like one catch. Jalen Reed is probably the best receiver on the team. He led the team in yards. Yeah, yeah right? most most athletic is Watson slash Melton. Wicks is very good. Wicks is Wicks could be a very good wide receiver, but yeah. when it came, when the when the rubber hit the road, it was Dobbs who was always open and always making the plays, and that's the dude. Love well, looks too. Like he's 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 loves Linus blanket. I mean, that's the one he like you just said. He's the one that he looks to when he needs his, to make a play. And I his, think it's pretty remarkable. He's his Travis Kelsey. He's his yeah. Robert Brooks. He's his 
um, you know, um, uh, Greg Jennings when Rodgers was first, you know, first starting quarterback. I mean, that's who he reminds me of is Greg Jennings. Say what yeah. you will about Greg Jennings down the stretch here and how hateable he is now. I mean, when him and Rodgers were working together right at the beginning, those two could read each other's minds. Those back shoulder throws, Greg was always open, and he wasn't the fastest. Jordy was way faster than him. Well, not way faster, but faster than Notice him. You know, yeah. like, but Greg was always open. He yep. was so good, and that's what I think of Romeo Dobbs. And I think Romeo Dobbs is probably going to take a step up this next year too. I hope so. And yeah. He bobbles every catch, which is the one thing. Like, the number of yeah. going out of bounds where he's like, oh, just catch it the first time, Rome's. But it's something uh, that's, that's good one, it's something that's fixable with him <laughs> at least. They they all do. Bo Melton was bobbling the touchdown catch in the San Francisco uh, game. That was a catch. I don't care what this. It was a catch, but I mean, he bobbled it to start. They he, called he it not a catch. catch. That was a catch. It was a no, catch. it was a catch. I'm yeah, just saying he was bobbling it to start. Yeah, I'm not arguing with you. I'm just still mad they called that wrong. But either way, okay. Um, I I was and you kind of poo pooed this, but I think Aaron Jones is that guy because I think the offense looks different when he's healthy. Because there's a lot of things they can do in that passing game. They don't do with Taylor as well. They can do it with Taylor. I don't know if they can do any of it with Emmanuel Wilson. I don't understand him at all. But um, some of those things you just can't do with some of the other guys. And it changes that offense considerably. It opens a lot of other things up. Um, in terms of it's, defense. It's made, it, it's made it near impossible not to bring Aaron Jones back. Well, and he's do a bunch next year too i think but we'll have to see yeah. uh, but uh defensively I, I think, kenny clark stretch it up. Yeah. kenny clark his pass rush this year and his just i mean he manhandled some big time centers towards the year's end uh and his pass rush numbers were up uh he was he was he was on a mission this year and a lot of that is that they couldn't just focus on him because of the rise of Wyatt and Slayton and how well they were playing. And you let Kenny move to D end on this three, four when they bothered to play three guys. Uh, so yeah, some of that's the other guys rising up, but Kenny had an amazing year. And I think a lot of that got overshadowed by how bad the defense looked and not being able to see some of these other things and not getting pass rush from a lot of other guys, but he did so well this year. And I think it gets uh, overlooked in some ways. You know who my, yeah. you know who my MVP is, John? Who's that? Ryan Gutekunst. How about Gutekunst. that? Um, okay, I want to do this one really quick because I want to get to the, the one last thing with the defensive coordinator talk here too. But lightning round will be uh, give me the three biggest positions of need for the draft. Uh, Jim, do you have thoughts on that first? Yeah. Safety, cornerback, and third. Well, they brought in competition for Carlson, so that's that should yeah, uh, probably a long snapper. He yes. Struggled. Yeah, that so definitely those would hurt. be my three in that order too. Safety cornerback is I I don't know what's going to go on with Alexander. Safety is that 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 was not good what they put out there. Um, I think that's going to probably be the top one and and uh, long snapper. Okay, I would say safety is my one. Number two, I want something interior offensive line, either center or guard, to help out because that uh, Runyon might be gone, and we definitely need to replace the center. Yes. Uh, Myers has not been good. He's not good at snapping. He's, he's had a lot of problems this year. He's and not good at a lot of things. Yeah, his blocking needs a lot of help, and the guards are trying to cover for him, and we need interior defensive line, or offensive line help. And uh, third, I guess, is somewhere between either corner or we need a, a second running back. We need to get one of those drafts where 
third, fifth round, third, fourth, fifth rounds, wherever we we're going to get, you know, uh, Jamal and, and Aaron Jones kind of thing, because we need to add some young talent to this running back room. Uh, Wilson was a fun story in the preseason and a, an okay guy in the back there, but he's not a one. He can't be your RB one. And there's no future where I see him being that he's kind of slow and, um, he's got good vision, but no, there's nothing special about him. I, I the guess. problem is running back so weak in the draft this year. Well, I shouldn't say, uh, uh, you know, in the early rounds. In so the early rounds, I don't want to. We'll see what we can do there. And we want some of these these pass catching guys. Someone like, you know, we were talking up Rashad White two years ago, and look what he's doing. Get those guys who have what you know, Paul Noonan at Badger Noonan on X um, has those. Was uh, it W R O P S, which is like wide receiver OPS. <laughs> Look for receivers with a high receiving ability and then see what they can do because that's what Jones brings and having someone like that. So, uh, Aaron, what are your Is is it my turn? Yeah, uh, Yeah. I I want quarterback, wide receiver, tight end. Um, No. (laughs) Um, So, no, as much as it pains me, as much as this team has divested draft picks and capital into cornerback and safety, and it pains me to say this, um, Safety, yeah. <laughs> Again, I do agree with you on on center. I'm not, I'm going to echo you, John. I'm going to say I'm going to say safety. I honestly, running back. I would put I would put running back first <laughs> if there's something worth drafting. Okay. If a Braylon Allen's out there, mm. <laughs> you know, not to be a homer, but if there's a Braylon out Allen out there to put behind uh, Jones, um, just because the way this offense works with a good running back. Um, we need good running backs and then yeah center center two and then safety if you can get one in like the second round just don't Mm -hmm. waste another first (laughs) rounder on a d-back please (laughs) all right all because you let micah hyde go six years ago right so the last thing we want to get to here before we run out of time and we've only got about four minutes of the segment left here um defensive coordinators who are who are the guys you want to see here i'll go over some of the names that are being talked about the most uh the one i really wanted was evero uh ejiro evero but he is a defensive coordinator with carolina and it's unlikely he'll be allowed to interview so the next couple we're looking at would be the highest one was probably brandon staley who was just a head coach uh bobby no no, i'd allow it I don't know. There's lots of guys that are good coordinators that are terrible head coaches. Yeah, I just I, thought the fact that he had just one good year with the Rams. I, I yeah, I, I can't. Fair, I can't. Fair, I, fair, yeah, fair. Not to rip on your your choice. Oh, I just no. That's I'm saying these are the ones they've they've actually interviewed oh, these guys. So he's been on the interview, and yeah, I think having a head coach and he's been a DC. Some of the other guys, yeah, uh, Christian Parker, uh, the current defensive backs coach for the Broncos. Uh, Denard Wilson, the defensive backs coach for the Ravens right now. Uh, other guys who are interesting. Uh, Parker's only 32. Here's another one that's interesting. Aiden Dirty. or Dirt, He's the Dallas Cowboys oh, defensive coach. line coach. Yeah. Uh, he's a former linebacker. He was also an outside linebackers coach with Atlanta under uh, Quinn when Quinn was the D co- uh, coordinator there. He played briefly with Carolina and the Chiefs. He's actually from Middlesex, England, which I found incredibly interesting. He play, started in NFL Europe and NFL yeah. UK and then came and played a couple t- uh, years over here. He's 44. He's been around. He's coached outside backers as well as D-line, which I think is probably a 
bigger area. But the D-backs coaches are guys that get a lot of attention at this point. Uh, the other one uh, who's been interviewed is the Buffalo Bills linebackers coach, Bobby Babich. Uh, he's he, 40. He just got promoted to the Bills okay, defense so yeah. coordinator today. So. so, yeah, so he's out then. Did, did um, you mention uh, Orr from the uh, uh, Ravens? Uh, I yes, think or is a guy they wanted to. I don't know if they've actually interviewed him yet, but he's somebody else they're, they're talking about. Who's your favorite, Jim? Because it, it sounds like not Staley. Uh, it's not Staley, no. Uh, <laughs> uh, Chris Hewitt from the Ravens, who's their pass game coordinator and secondary coach. Okay. Uh, he's been with the Ravens a long time. I wouldn't. It, they they interviewed Denard Wilson with the Ravens too. Anybody yes. from from the Ravens, I would be happy with because I you know they did they lost against the Chiefs, but their defense played really well this year. I'm going to make my homer pick and say Jim Leonard still. I I just don't understand why he wouldn't be on the list, and it doesn't look like he is, but that's just me. But Chris Hewitt were, for sure. They were interested in him before, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and also that's also is Jim Leonard interested in the job. You that's true. That part too. Okay. Uh, Aaron, do you have a favorite? I uh, Unless the ghost of Fritz Shermer is available, um, you got to dig back in the uh, back for that one. Mike Zimmer, if he's available, I'd take him. Okay. I don't disagree with that either. And I think that it would be an interesting – I think that I'd just like to see somebody with a secondary back, background. Right. I, I, I'm, I, I'm all about or from the Baltimore Ravens or Mike Zimmer, which are like opposite as a spectrum, either new guy or Mike Zimmer. Okay. Well, I guess where I'm going is I think Denard Wilson is an interesting one. And I, 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 I what I said is I don't like the retreads. My fear is that it's going to be Staley only because he was with the Rams. He's a McVeigh guy. He does this, and he's a guy who knows already all the guys, and he's in that, that same problem that goes on everywhere else. Denard Wilson's a guy who played. Um, he was actually with the Eagles in 21 and 22. He was passing game coordinator there. Uh, before moving on, uh, because uh, you know the defensive coordinator with the Eagles left, and he went on to the Ravens and has been successful there as well. Even Eagles defense didn't look as good this year uh, with him out there in Baltimore. So I think that that's actually probably a really good pick and a good fit there with what they've got. The one thing I like about Dirty is I think the way you best help some of these young corners and guys they've got here is we need to get an actual pass rush and a guy who is experienced in coaching outside backers uh, and experienced in coaching defensive line, getting the sorts of pass rush you've been able to get with some of these guys that could be very interesting as well. So those are the two guys I'm most interested in. I do think that Staley's probably the way they, they end up going, but they can surprise me, so we'll have to see. And uh, and with that, we actually are going to close up our, our Packers talk. We're just so lucky to have uh, Jim joining us this week, and it's been also great. Uh, I, I do have to note, everybody, uh, Aaron has to take off at this point too, but it's, it's great to have uh, all this talk and putting our Packers season to rest. Uh, having our little requiem for a Packers season and getting ready for everything else that'll come until we get back to, uh, I guess you know, season seven next year when on the podcast because we start our seasons with uh, Packers and uh, that's when our season will start. So the next time we'll be talking this, we'll be starting to get ready for the draft and uh, which will be in Detroit this next year. So uh, thank you, Jim. Everyone, make sure you go follow Jim on X and uh, on Threads as well, and uh, and Aaron and the rest of us too. But uh, for now on, we're gonna we're gonna keep moving on here. Uh, it'll just be me for the rest of the show. Thank you guys. And uh, what we've got left is mostly basketball at this point. 
We we talked about the Bucks last week and getting a new coach and the feel on that. And we're starting to get the idea of what this means for this team now. Uh, and a, a lot of what I've seen primarily is that the defense is legitimately different. Uh, they've had these couple games here, so, I mean, like, beating up the Pistons, whatever. Uh, but, you know, like, they went from giving up 135 to the Cavs, 135 to the Pistons, 113 to the Pistons, uh, 126, no, I'm sorry, 116, and then uh, lose 112 to 100. The, the absolute thrush, just thrubbing, you know, of, of the Pelicans here, 141 to 117. And then seeing the Nuggets, uh, they, they lost, but 113 to 107. I think they're refocusing on the defense that, that travels better. It works better for them and figuring out who they are and what they need to do to get ready for the playoffs. The defense looks different. It legitimately looks different to me. Um, the the way that the the Bucks were switching and rotating seemed clunky. Um, it seemed that teams were able to pass to a lot of open shots, and we were chasing uh, a lot more. Uh, the Bucks were fighting through more screens. They were moving around and and, and keeping their man, uh, just their their lineups, their matches, uh, much more over these last couple games and staying with people a lot better. And the scoring's gone down for the other teams. I mean, it's a little down for the Bucks now, but they'll get back into this. That Pelicans game is exactly what I want the Bucks to look like. That is exactly the game to have. And the Pelicans aren't world beaters. They're, they're going to be a, looks like a playoff team this year, but they're, I don't know, they, they aren't able to do the things that, that the Bucks do well. They can't stop any of that. And the Bucks did well inside and outside. We had big games from Bobby and Brooke and Giannis in this one. And then also Lillard was able to, to put in uh, 25-26 there. But, you know, the shooting was up. We're getting uh, opponent shooting percentages down. So now it just comes down to do the Bucks have the, the scoring on any given day to make things happen. Seeing a lot, Nate Marzian put out something too, saying like one of the biggest problems with the team is Bobby coming off the bench, uh, maybe shooting too much, maybe not shooting effectively enough and not giving the team enough, but I think he does other things. His defense is still pretty solid. Uh, I think that there's something to also be said for what role he plays in terms of uh, the energy of, on the court. He, he's a, he is limited. We, we all know this. He's more of a, a player that we love for who he is and what he sounds like and what he looks like than what he gives, which is why he's not a starter on this team. And saying that the sixth man is the problem on this team is maybe a bit too much. Bucks having a little strand here where they're going to be playing uh, out west. They they lose the Nuggets. Uh, I mean, Nuggets looked good. I mean, they're they're bouncing back here too. And uh, now we've got Portland at Dallas, at Utah, at Phoenix. And I mean, that's, you know, six or five games in a row here that are going to be out west. And this is going to be a rough stretch, and this is going to really uh, test what Doc Rivers is able to do with this team a lot of these these teams are beatable teams uh but it, it is a hard stretch we've learned just the number of these teams who have ridiculous home road splits is is so strange to me looking at uh, let's just see like um we, i was just looking through the the lineups and stuff here earlier and the standings and if you look at these standings like even the the celtics uh they're only 15 and 9 away from home they're 22 and 2 at home and 15 and 9 away. Bucks 21 and 5 at home and 11 and 10 away. So this is going to be a super hard stretch because they have not been good on the road. 
And some of that is that being that up-tempo, trying to outscore everybody sort of team, I think that that's harder to do on the road because you need that tempo and you need that energy. And when the energy is all going the other way, I think that's going to hurt. So, you know, if they can at least get this to a more manageable situation, it really is, well, it's, it's pretty much the entire difference between where the Bucks are and where the Celtics are. Uh, the Celtics are slightly better at home, but they're four games better than the Bucks on the road. And there's a four and a half game difference between the two teams. So, I mean, the Bucks have a higher points per game and are scoring like four, three and a half points more on per game, but also giving up nine points more per game. They they are just barely above. They're only scoring four more points per game than they give up. Uh, so that's that's just kind of what what's going on there. They're they're doing all right, and I like seeing the effort change on defense. And I think that getting to scoring and getting to transition is going to be a lot easier once they can start getting those things lined up. And this is going to be a shift. There's going to be a shift here. They're going to have to find a way to do things. And they're going to start off with this rough patch where they're going to have to find a way to do that on the road where they have been effectively bad. Uh, five, they got five more road games here, and, and they've got to find a way to, uh, to beat several of them. I mean, Dallas... The, I mean, they're 26 and 21, Phoenix 27 and 20. Uh, they just lost the Nuggets, who are the second best record in the West, but they'll get a chance to play Portland next. And that's a team they ought to beat, home or road. That's a team they ought to beat. So, um, like I said, this is going to be a stretch where we're going to see if that defense can start turning into, you know, a transitional game and what we can do here and what Doc Rivers is able to get out of these veteran players. Yeah, really see what what the schematic differences are other than just what his defense is able to accomplish for this team. And I still feel I, I, I was nervous at first because Doc's been on several teams. Um, he's had definitely issues in several of these places where it hasn't turned into championships on teams that maybe should have won championships. But uh, Pete definitely called me down last week, and I, I still feel very positive about this team. We've got more coming here. We're, we're reaching the, the all-star break. And after that, we really are going to have to get this team locked into who are they when the playoffs start. And that's going to be the big difference here and seeing whether or not we can believe what they, they are and what they should be because this team really should be in the Eastern Conference Finals and really should win. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, moving on to the uh, college game, we've had some, some interesting stats here in that the Badgers – and the uh, Golden Eagles are both top 10 right now. Uh, and that's, that's just absolutely astounding to me that we've got uh, both teams ranked in the top 10. That's not what I expected, especially for the Badgers team. I expected Marquette to be a top 10 team. Uh, they came in number nine today, and they just beat Villanova in Villanova. And we were saying this, like, the, I, I, I'm going to take some issue with Pete here. He says, you know, like, the Big East is so tough. I don't. I don't know if the Big East is what it was. And I'll say this, too. The Big Ten is the worst it's been in a decade, probably, at least. And uh, so the Badgers winning there is a little bit to do with the fact that the Big Ten is down. There are only three ranked teams in the Big Ten. And it's just, you know, it's, it's Illinois, it's Wisconsin, it's Purdue. Uh, but, you know, Marquette, since that rough loss at Butler, beat Villanova, win at St. John's. Close one, but win at St. John's. Win at DePaul, one they got to get. They, they get their revenge win against Seton Hall and the Pirates when they get them back at home. And then going to Villanova. And I don't care, you know, Villanova's having a down year. They're uh, four, where are they, four and five in conference. And 
uh, 11 and 10 overall, but they they play hard. They play hard at home, and it's it's a trip. You got to go out out to you know Philadelphia and playing out there. And you know Marquette took it to them early. This is a weird game of, of uh, there were only two lead changes, and that is that Marquette took a giant lead. They were up by 20 at one point early on, uh, hitting their shots, playing the two man game. Kolik and Igodaro uh, were just controlling the lane, uh, making great shots, being consistent. Uh, Villanova started taking that away early in the second half. Villanova went on a very good run, came right back, took the lead back, which was hard to imagine from where they'd started. Took the lead briefly, uh, got got out just a little bit, but not not. They were never pulling away at any point. And then Marquette goes on like a twenty-seven, uh, you know, twenty to seven run, and takes the lead back, and they end up winning by five. Uh, Kolik, once it became a game again hit a couple really big threes that helped put this team right back over the top. A couple, I'd say out of character, but they've been doing it a lot more this year. The turnovers, the weird dribbling into a mess and losing the ball. It's just been, it has been happening more this year than last year. So just little things like that where they get themselves in places where I think they think they ought to be able to go just take care of things and do stuff, but they end up uh, finding themselves in a mess and losing the ball. But they get past Villanova, though. They're going to stay out east, and uh, coming up this weekend, they'll be playing Georgetown out in D.C., and then they'll St. John's at home, and then they'll have a couple of rough ones. We'll have to go to Butler, who beat them at Marquette, beat them at Pfizer, and then they're going to play UConn on the road, number one UConn. So that's the next one that's going to be huge to watch, but you're going to be interested in each one of these as they go on. Uh, Wisconsin beating Minnesota in a game where they got out huge. Uh, they were up 32 to 17 late in the first quarter or first half, pardon me. Minnesota came back around halftime and actually took the lead at two little points, had the lead kind of late. And then Wisconsin pulled away at the end there. Uh, Tyler Wall and the the bigs, uh, you know, doing a good job keeping Wisconsin in there and winning that one. Uh, the next one too was the, uh, the Badgers get uh, a nice win against Michigan state coming back home. Like we said, that's a Big Ten road win, and then followed up with a Big Ten home win against Michigan State, meaning Wisconsin sweeps Michigan State this year, which is huge. Beating them at East Lansing by three, I'm sorry, by 13, and then coming back and just, just taking it to them, uh, 81-66, big time win over the Spartans. Uh, Wisconsin, number one in the Big Ten by half a game over Purdue, but 8-1, and 16-4 overall. Uh, I mean, and losses to uh, Arizona in there and uh, Tennessee, right? So it's actually been a very good year. The one thing I'll say is in terms of these two games, these these latest games, Wisconsin's guard play has been very good. Their bigs are obviously what kind of run this team. AJ Storr has been a a revelation for this team uh, coming over here. And, uh, and giving them a bunch of scoring so that we've got, you know, Connor Sejan, who had to play a ton as a freshman, able to come off the bench and provide some additional scoring as needed. Uh, Marquette has got good guard play from Kolick, but has relied very heavily on a lot of their bigs. And I think that getting them against a team like Villanova, who with, with um, Bamba and um, uh, Armstrong were playing some fantastic play outside, Big-time shooting from the three-point line got them back in the game. Uh, in, in the tournament, guard play is bigger. 
it, it, it's just it is bigger and it's gonna be more important i think that's one of the problems purdue faces is that without ivy out there they're, they're a different team even though they continue to win and have the best player in basketball having that guard play uh they don't have as much of it as they did last year and so that's gonna be a thing to watch going forward uh chucky hepburn playing great basketball playing in the system doesn't feel he has to win games for the Badgers, and I think that that allows him to be who he is and what he's better suited to doing. And uh, it's great that he's doing that. Uh, Jeff Patrikas and I were talking about this briefly on Twitter together, uh, back and forth. I think he thought I was fighting him, but I, I think he understood I was agreeing with him by the end, just saying, uh, you know, Chucky's accepting his role. It's been great. And he's like, well, he's always been unselfish. And I'm like, right. But he felt he had to score when they lost Johnny Davis. Uh, he felt he had to do the next thing, uh, and and he doesn't feel that way now. He he trusts a lot of the guys around him, and it's allowed Wall and Crawl to have better seasons, and it's made the whole team better. And it's allowed Wisconsin to have two top ten teams, and also a thriving uh, UWGB team out in the Horizon League, which has been uh, fantastic to, to see as well. So. Those are all big, important things that I think has been wonderful to be able to see and, and, and know for these, these teams. And I think it's going to be fun to watch them to the end of the year. Uh, Wisconsin's going to have a couple ones here where they're going to play um, coming up uh, Nebraska, in Nebraska and Lincoln. And then they're going to have Purdue coming into the Kohl Center on February 4th. So that'll be, that'll be a huge test. Uh, the top two te- teams in the Big Ten playing each other, and the nice thing is Wisconsin gets the home uh, court for that. And that should be a very interesting game to watch. I'm going to be very excited to watch that. That'll be noon. It'll be on CBS. So that'll be good. I think the Badgers should take care of Nebraska, although Nebraska's been playing pretty well this season. Nebraska's actually the fifth-ranked team in the Big Ten. Uh, they are 15-6 and six overall and 5-5 five and five in conference. I mean, that's that's fantastic for North Nebraska. But, I mean, like it, like we said, there are three teams in the Big Ten who are doing anything of value this year, and it's not Nebraska. All right, I'm going to try to quickly get through everything else we've got in the segment of our show that we lovingly call Our Last Call. Time to look around and get your bearings. It's time for the last call. All right, we're going to try to go lightning quick with a lot of this, but we've got some hockey. we got Wisconsin got a split with number 14, Michigan. Uh, due to the split, Wisconsin falls from number three to number four in the most recent uh, polls. Boston College beating BU, so BU drops to three. North Dakota up to two. Wisconsin receiving now no first-place votes. Uh, they lose to Michigan 1-5 to five at Yost. That's a rough one. But then they get the overtime winner to win a 6-5 uh, game on Saturday. They will be playing number nine Minnesota this next week at Kohl Center. So, yeah, it says Alliant Energy, but it, it's going to be at the Kohl Center. Uh, that'll be interesting. Wisconsin swept Minnesota at Minnesota on the big ice at Mariucci. And this week they will be playing them uh, at the Kohl Center. And we'll see how they handle that one. The uh, women's hockey team uh, gets two big wins. They win 2 1 and then 5 4 over UMD in Duluth. Uh, Wisconsin remains number two in the women's poll, right behind uh, Ohio State, who still receives all of the first place votes at 22 and two. Uh, Badger women 22 and four at this point. Uh, in Division Three hockey, uh, men's hockey, we've got uh, Stevens Point actually lost to Saint Norbert four to three in overtime on Tuesday. Then over the weekend they split 
with UW Stout. Stout wins the first one three to two. Uh, Stevens Point wins the second one in overtime four to three. Uh, River Falls uh, gets a tie with Superior one one. Uh, Superior won a two one shootout that only counts for the uh, conference standings. River Falls wins the next game five to one. Eau Claire swept Northland three to nothing and then two to nothing. Currently, UWSP then falls in the, the most recent rankings, uh, going from 6th all the way down to 8th in the current polls. They're 15, 5, and 1. Hobart, Adrian, Utica, Plattsburgh, and Elmina. Elmina uh, up at the top of the uh, scoring there, or the, the rankings. Uh, Eau Claire down at 14th right now in the current rankings. Uh, and St. Norbert is also receiving uh, votes. They're currently 17th, I guess, at this point. River Falls remains in women's hockey undefeated, 21-0. and 0. Uh, They get some big wins this last week. They take uh, Northland College. They win 8-1 to both times, both games, up in Ashland, 8-1 to twice. Uh, Eau Claire beats Stevens Point 1-0 and then beats Augsburg 3-1. River Falls then also took out Gustavus Adolphus two to nothing uh, to follow that up and get up to that twenty one and zero. UW Eau Claire in seventh place in women's hockey right now. They are currently sixteen and four. All right, moving on into other aspects here, we have a little bit of, I guess, uh, wrestling news. The uh, Badgers were the 17th ranked team coming into the weekend, and they went to Nebraska, and they lose 28-9 to to the 6th ranked Huskers. Uh, the only wins were Eric Barnett, Dean Hamidi, and Max Maylor. So that's 125, 165, and 174 respectively. Eric Barnett now ranked 3rd nationally. Dean Hamidi ranked 5th. Max Maylor ranked 12th. Uh, a lot of the other ones were very rough ones. Uh, Shane Legal is ranked 16th, loses number three, Lenny Pinto at 184 on a 7-2 decision. Uh, so, yeah, rough match for them going in and, and having to face a, a, a top-ranked team uh, in that match. But uh, Badgers come out uh, the lesser on that one, unfortunately. In terms of men's basketball, Current rankings, UW-Platteville on top of the uh, men's basketball rankings right now at WIAC at 7-1. They are 16-3 overall. UW-Lacrosse second in the conference at 5-3, tied with River Falls, who's also 5-3. Both teams also 11-8 overall. Whitewater is 4-4 in conference, but 14-5 overall to be in fifth place. In women's basketball right now, Whitewater leads the conference they are 7-1 and one in uh, conference and 18-1 and one overall. Oshkosh is 6-2 and two and 15-4 and overall. And then that's followed up again by Lacrosse and Platteville, who are both 4-4, four and four, but 11-8 and eight overall. And then in fifth place, we have uh, Eau Claire, who is also 4-4, four and four, but 10-9 and nine overall in that. And that really puts us kind of over time. So I'd like to thank you again, remind you to go follow us on all the different social media. It's right up at the top of the show. Uh, thanking Jim again for coming on, Jim Widener from Last Word on Sports. Uh, he mentioned a couple of his articles. Go read him at Last Word on Sports. He puts up good content over there. Uh, he puts up good content on Twitter as well. And we're always glad to have somebody come in and be able to give us the sort of uh, good takes, good advice, and uh, well-researched opinions that Jim is able to provide us. So uh, thank you again. And remember, whether you're on the town or on the go, everybody, 
It is always on Wisconsin. This has been the Scotty Johnny Podcast. Remember to find the boys on Twitter at ScottyJohnny1 or online at ScottyJohnny.com. Thanks for listening and on Wisconsin.